0: Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. My name is Dr. Meredith Peterson, and I'm a postdoc with the Swine Medicine Education Center. I'll host the podcast today, and then also with me today is Dr. Gabby Don.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening, and thanks, Meredith, for having me on. Uh, my name is Dr. Gabby Don, and I'm a veterinarian and second year postdoc with SMEC. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. If this is your first time listening, little overview on our podcast we are producer focused each episode was focused on a different swine health topic of interest for pork producers and all of the topics are generated from producer questions so if you have a question you'd like featured on the podcast please send it to us via email at isusmec that's i-s-u-s-m-e-c at iastate.edu Put SMEC podcast question in the title of your email, and then we'll know that it's for the podcast, um, and we'll, we'll touch on it in one of our, our podcasts. So what we do is re-review current resources related to the topic, including research papers, news articles, and updates from meetings and conferences. And then we kind of take out the key information and bring it back to you, the producers, for what's relevant on-farm. Most of the resources that we will refer to can be found in the podcast notes linked with the podcast. If you have trouble accessing feel free to email us um, at isusmec at iastate.edu. So today's topic is swine dysentery. The question we're going to be answering, the submitted question was, we still see swine dysentery on our farm. What is it and what are the current research updates? So what we're going to do for this episode is kind of start with a background on swine dysentery and then some recent publications on the topic and kind of current updates because it's traditionally something we used to see a lot in swine production. And I think sometimes people think it's, it's not there as much, but some of the, the stuff that we've found and discussions with diagnostic labs and producers, it actually still is, is present. It is something we see in pork production today.
1: All right. So I'll go ahead and get started on a background of swine dysentery. So um, it's a diarrheal disease that's caused by bacterial spirochetes in the genus Brachyspira. Um, You might see some older terminology, such as like Treponema or Serpilina. These are um, old genus names, but it has been renamed to uh, Brachyspira. Spirochetes are curly-shaped, you know, snake-like, spiral-shaped bacteria when viewed underneath of the microscope. And they can include several species um, that uh, affect pigs. So primarily, uh, we're thinking about Brachyspira hyodysenteriae, uh, Brachyspira hamsoni, brachyspirus guanatina, and Brachyspira pilosicoli. What Brachyspira does clinically and how it presents in a, in a group of pigs is it's mainly in grow finisher pigs. Sometimes we can see it in adult animals as well, and it can be seen in nursery pigs, but less frequently. It starts out with yellow, soft uh, to gray feces, and then in a few hours or a few days later, large amounts of mucus with flecks of blood and feces, which progresses to blood, mucus, and then shreds of white mucofibrinous exudate. And so what it'll look, what mucofibrinous exudate looks like is these uh, white kind of strands that are white to yellow-ish within the stool. Pigs usually recover over several weeks, but growth rate remains slow. In some cases, you might even have some pigs that are subclinical, but you will still have that slow growth rate um, within those pigs. And so how do we, what do we do? How do we control this? The typical approach is to try to eliminate through treating with medication and intense cleaning and disinfection. uh, Brachyspirus species, they tend to be um, pretty persistent in the environment, and so it's really important to um, get some cleaning and disinfection and making sure it's you know, a really thorough clean and disinfection. In some cases, they will do a herd closure and in some uh, repopulations, if they're not able to completely uh, remove it from the herd. And then some common treatments for brachyspira, hyodysenteriae or just brachyspira in general is tiamulin, tylosin, and lincomycin, and those are available in the United States. And then we also have another drug, valnemulin, which is a Europe-specific drug. You know, understanding biosecurity is a really important part of this as mice, rats, and some birds and waterfowl are reservoirs, and they can carry those bacteria. So rodent control is is important.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of summary of what the disease causes and how we control it. And I think one important thing that you mentioned is trying to eliminate through cleaning disinfection versus just treating and not doing anything to get rid of it fully. One of the publications I brought today gives a good reason behind that, behind maybe focusing efforts more on elimination. Dr. Eric Burrow presented on brachyspira hyodysenteriae at the 2022 McKean Swine Disease Conference in November of 2022. And his talk was really focused on antimicrobial susceptibility testing for that brachyspira pathogen that we see causing dysentery. And so the way we test for antimicrobial or antibiotic susceptibility, it's reported on a minimum inhibitory concentration value. What that means is it's the minimum concentration of drug, so a specific drug needed to inhibit growth of the specific bacteria. So a lower minimum inhibitory concentration, or MIC, is better, meaning that the bacteria is more susceptible to that drug. And so he reported on the MIC values for Tiamulin, Valnemulin, and Carbidox. And there was um, some good news from this reporting. In general, the MICs were low for Brachyspira, meaning they're fairly susceptible to these drugs. But the bad news, he also um, reported on Brachyspira Piliacicoli, which is another strain of Brachyspira. And the MICs were often higher for that strain, meaning that there's potentially some resistance forming there. This is consistent with findings in Europe where we do see resistance to antibiotics for that strain of brachyspira. So there is the potential for antibiotic resistance and that's something not to take lightly. Um, Judicious use of antibiotics is really important for these cases. Some key takeaways. We really want to know that antimicrobial susceptibility of the brachyspira prior to treatment. It's really important to know a lot of times what we're treating to have an effective treatment and to not create more resistance. So as the producer, you can work with your vet for treatment options on these diarrhea cases. And this means that samples sent to your diagnostic lab might be needed in order to get that susceptibility testing for the group. And this is really kind of why, like Gabby mentioned before, focusing on elimination and biosecurity is a better long-term strategy than treatment. Now, treatment is definitely necessary um, when, you're, when you're breaking or, or have sick pigs with brachyspira, but it's important to kind of look at that long-term goal through elimination and biosecurity protocols.
1: And I think too, you know, when we're thinking about biosecurity and disinfecting versus treatment, if it's still persisting in the environment, they can still be susceptible to getting these bacteria. And so the treatments may still be working, but it's really that disinfection component that can really help eliminate this disease from barns.
0: Yeah, I think a good biosecurity and cleaning and disinfection protocol between groups can help with not just brachyspira, but really the majority of the endemic pathogens we see. Yeah,
1: for sure. So the second article um, that we're going to cover today on brachyspira is an article that was in Frontiers in Veterinary Science that was published in October of 2020. It's titled Brachyspira Hyodysenteriae Infection Reduces Digestive Function But Not Intestinal Integrity in Growing Pigs While Disease Onset May Be Mitigated by Reducing Insoluble Fiber by Helm et al. This research article uh, discusses that dietary fibers and their effects on swine dysentery provides insight on, you know, pathology of brachyspira and pretty much how it affects the colon. And then also with this idea of intestinal integrity, Intestinal integrity is this protective mechanism of the intestine. The study looked at the epithelial layers, which is the surface of the intestine, and looked to see if there were any, you know, lesions or any insults that would damage and allow for that uh, protective mechanism to kind of break down. It would cause kind of some secondary effects, like systemic effects. And so what they found on this integrity portion of it is that it doesn't appear to affect the intestinal integrity of the small intestine, and it appears to increase the colon integrity. This is likely due to high production of those epithelial surface uh, mucus, so there's more mucus on the surface of the colon. That kind of serves as a buffer and is more protective. However, it still does cause a malabsorptive diarrhea, and so what that means is that the intestine is not able to absorb those nutrients, and the intestinal contents then pull water from the GI tract and surrounding tissues and then cause that diarrhea. Diets with soluble, highly fermentable fibers such as sugar or beet pulp can delay the onset of dysentery and mitigate some of those growth impacts on disease. Some takeaways for producers, brachyspira should be differentials for diarrhea, especially those with high mucus in finishing pigs, and that diet can have an impact on the disease.
0: That's a good point. Spira has a little different pathogenesis. Like you said, it doesn't really attack necessarily the wall of the colon from what we've seen in this study, but it It creates that layer of mucus and the clinical signs are the same as some of our other diarrheal diseases, which makes diagnostics pretty important. So I brought another article kind of looking at a nutritional study on dysentery. This was an article published in 2014 by Wilberts et al. The title was Investigation of Increased Dietary Insoluble Fiber Through Feeding of Distillers Dried Grains with Solubles or DDGs, on the incidence and severity of brachyspira-associated colitis in pigs. So what they did here was they took 100 four-week-old pigs and divided them into different groups to be inoculated with brachyspira and essentially cause dysentery. So they inoculated with four different strains of of brachyspira for four of the groups, and then they had a negative control so that they had a group of pigs that didn't have dysentery. And then each of these groups were split and were fed... Either a diet with no DDGs or a diet with 30% DDGs. DDGs is the insoluble fiber in this case. So the pigs that received the 30% DDGs shed bacteria faster and developed dysentery nearly twice as fast as pigs receiving no DDGs. So they got sicker, faster, and they shed more of the bacteria into the environment, which essentially creates more bacteria that can cause more infections in the group. So this suggests that a reduction in insoluble fiber by reducing or eliminating DDGs should be considered in elimination strategies for dysentery. The main takeaways for, for you all or for pork producers from this. We're aware of the fact that it's not always feasible to exclude certain ingredients from the diet. So you might not be able to exclude DDGs all the time from the diet for this purpose, but if you're working to eliminate brachyspira, it could be useful. It could help with the um, level of shedding and the clinical disease that you're seeing, so it might be something to consider if you're trying to eliminate brachyspira from your herd.
1: In summary, we still see brachyspira. Um, It has potential for antibiotic resistance. We've kind of talked about it's seen in Europe. And some antibiotic susceptibility testing is critical in maintaining those susceptibilities and making sure we're not increasing antimicrobial resistance in these cases. And that diet can impact disease. And so increasing the soluble fiber in the diet can delay onset and then limit those growth impacts on the disease. And then ultimately, the take home from today, cleaning and disinfection is really important for brachyspira and, you know, for breaking that disease cycle for a lot of the diseases that we can see um, in pigs.
0: Awesome. Well, we hope that you guys learned something about what dysentery is, clinical signs and and kind of current research on the topic. As usual, all discussed resources and summaries can be found in the podcast notes associated with the podcast. If you have any trouble accessing, or if you'd like your question to be featured on one of the podcasts, please email us at isusmec at iastate.edu. Please share this podcast and watch for our next episode. We'll discuss other questions relating to swine health. Hope you have a great day and week. Thank you. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship.